Welcome to another Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Jake Perry. I'm Gary Heaney, standing in Rosarine's shoes this week. Maybe the last podcast of the season, we've got plenty still to talk about, with the Western Premier reaching its climax, and Scotland back in home international action for the first time since the summer of 2019. And it's there we'll start, uh, the three-match Wolf 777 T20 series against Zimbabwe at the Grange, where the visitors recovered to take the series 2-1 after a thrilling final game on Sunday. Gary, what did you make of it all? Well, firstly, Jake, it was great to have international cricket back in Scotland and back at the Grange, because it's always such a great venue. And it was also great to see three full matches played with only a little bit of rain coming on Sunday. But I think, as wicketkeeper batter Matthew Cross said to me after Friday's match, and captain Cal Kutz said to me after the final match on Sunday, Scotland will be left feeling a little frustrated after they really saw this as a series that got away from them. It was there for the taking and we just couldn't walk through the door, Kyle said to me on Sunday. And when Zimbabwe needed 56 runs from the last four overs, in that decider, it looked like Scotland were in the box seat before Milton Shumba teed off and hit some big shots, especially in the 17th over off Ali Evans. There were certainly plenty of positives for Scotland to take forward, though, from the matches. The former vice-captain Richie Barrington, for one, who now has over 250 caps for Scotland in all forms of the game, and also the former all-rounder Michael Leask, for example. But as head coach Shane Berger acknowledged, they never quite put together all three facets, batting, bowling and fielding, in any of the games, and they'll need to find that combination win games against opposition in the World Cup. There's no doubt that when Brad Wheel and Josh Davey arrive with the squad for that World Cup, they'll bring a lot to the party, especially in terms of death bowling and now that part of the game. And it will be very interesting now to see which 15 men make the final World Cup squad from the 17 men that are currently named. Yeah, I would echo all of that. I mean, for me, the disappointment at the end of the game on Sunday was was clear to see. It was a game Scotland could and should have won. But all credit to Zimbabwe and player of the series, Milton Shumba, who, as you say, was just on fire on Sunday. It was a fantastic innings. A couple of things did strike me looking at the bigger picture. First of all, it was a great workout um, for a team that's played two games of international cricket in two years to come up against a a match-fit full member that had just played a big multi-game series in Ireland at this stage of its preparation for the T20 World Cup will certainly have done them no harm. And although there were factors there that led to those losses, as you say, the jigsaw was not as it will be when we get to Oman and the UAE with players to come in, as you've mentioned, who have particular specialisms to supplement the team we saw last week. So disappointment is there. The chance for a first series win over a full member went begging, but the lessons from that will be hugely valuable going forward to where it really matters, you would hope. But it also shows for me how far Scotland have travelled uh, in 2017. Scotland beat Zimbabwe in that breathless game at the same venue for their first ever win over a full member in an official ODI. Now there is an expectation that they will beat them, a nation that is still vastly more resourced than Scotland is in terms of the finance and so on that comes with being a full member. That Scotland are competing so strongly, and the Netherlands too, shows again how the gap between the top associates and the low to middle ranked full members is so small as to be meaningless. Let's hope that the next few weeks show that even more. Yeah, I think you're right there, Jake, in terms of um, how far Scotland travelled. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back and realise just how far that journey has been in the last few years. But, you know, it is Shane, as assistant Craig Wright and, and Captain Kyle, who really set those high standards that they were talking about over the last few days. And it's, it's kind of pleasing as a, as a fan, I guess, that the, you know, the hierarchy within the squad know that they could have won that series. But I think the, the great thing as well is that the squad know they've got a lot more left in the tank ahead of the, the World Cup next month. And while Scotland's international season continues with the Cricket World Cup League, two fixtures in a man before that T20 World Cup next month, the domestic season reaches 
its conclusion last weekend with final round of matches in the Western Premier. And it's Clydesdale who've emerged as champions, Jay. They have, after a quite remarkable game against second place Fergus Lee. Finals, for this is what it was, so often failed to live up to their hype. But here was the exception to prove the rule, a game that veered from one side to the other in a way that I'm not sure I've ever seen before. Both teams went into it with key players missing. Clyde Sale's Richie Barrington in the Scotland bubble, along with the still-injured Craig Young. And for Fergus Lee, Haroon Tahir, their second-highest wicket-taker for the season. But it was the hosts who began the stronger, Omar Hussain and Riyad Henry quickly recovering the early loss of Gregor Preston-Jones to post a century partnership. But Clydesdale helped them along the way, each of them benefiting from dropped catches, both regulation and both severely punished. Omar dropped on seven, found the boundary twice in the next over before doing so again in the next, as an attempted slower ball from Callum Drummond was dispatched through mid-wicket and into the burn, causing a delay as a fishing net was found to get it out again. And at the other end, Riyad was easing into his stride, a languid drive through the covers, not quite reaching the boundary on the slow, damp outfield. There was no doubt a couple of balls later, though, as he smashed one through mid-off to take the total to 45. And although the pitch was a used one, the introduction of Danny Cairn's spin in the 11th did little to halt their progress. Riyad's drop came as he had reached 37 and hit a ball straight to mid-off, which went in and out of the fielder's hands. Like Omer, the skipper punished that next over by pulling a full toss over the fence and into the road for six. In the 22nd over, the 100 was up, and Riyad's 50 soon after, with excellent running from both batsmen putting the fielders under pressure and keeping the scoreboard motoring. Omer reached his half-century with a glide behind square, but with the score on 151 and Omer on 61, the breakthrough suddenly came as Arun Krishna got one through his defences. The celebrations were muted, but they certainly weren't when Tamur Ahmed and then Adil Gaffer fell in the next two balls to complete Krishna's hat-trick. From 151 for one, Fergusley was 151 for four, the heart of their middle order gone, and Clydesdale were back in the game. But David Stafford is just the man for such a situation, and he and Riyad pushed on, Stafford sending another ball into the road on the 40th. Beautiful shot, that one, just a lift to help the delivery from Drummond on its way. That took the score beyond 200, and although Stafford then fell after top-edging and attempted reverse sweep, the impetus of the innings had been maintained. Riyad reached his 100 in the 44th before flat-batting another six over Cow Corner. The Causeby Road was a dangerous place to be a Saturday afternoon pedestrian. And although Clydesdale did very well to peg the innings back from there, taking the last five wickets for just eight runs, Zishan Bashir completing a fifer, the body language of the two teams as they left the field at the interval said all that needed to be said about who was the happier. And as Clydesdale began their chase of 249, the smiles on the home supporters' faces grew ever wider. Paddy Barber was first to fall, LBW to Riyadh in the second over, before James Gawling and Callum Darmi fell to Adil Gaffer. Nine for three, a nightmare start for the leaders. Faisal Jawad counter-attacked, hitting back-to-back sixes to take the score past 50, but with the score on 82, his dismissal for 48, bowled by Hasib Zaka, followed straight away by that of his partner Danny Cairns, who pulled a first ball loosener for Mushi Mahmood straight to Riyadh at mid-wicket, strengthened the host's grip on the contest again. Pandemonium on the field and the sidelines, but the contest was far from done. In the very first match of the season, Imran Mughal had played a crucial hand, steadying Clydesdale's chase against Uddingston when it could so easily have got into difficulties. But here was something else, a counter-attacking innings featuring some incredible hitting that restored first pride and then belief. 
Another wicket came, but so did the sixes, until what seemed like another decisive moment arrived as Mughal, going for another, was caught on the rope by Riyad Henry. 74, a magnificent knock, but Clydesdale still weren't done. 28 were needed off 5, then 21 off 4, then 13 off 3, with Fergusley taking two more wickets to move themselves to the brink as well. It all came down to the final over with the equation simple. Two runs for Clydesdale, one wicket for Fergusley. A scrambled run, Callan Drummond just making his ground took the scores level before a drive through mid-on took Dale home with two balls to spare. A breathless finish to an incredible game. Here are the immediate thoughts of Paddy Barber and Clydesdale manager Colin Mitchell. Paddy, congratulations. Never in doubt. Uh, yeah, uh, I suppose it's indicative of our whole season. Uh, we, even when I spoke to you this week, I said we keep just finding ways to win. And when we really needed it, we found another way to win. It was a, a fantastic game of cricket, I'm sure you'll agree. But yeah, we've just found a way to get over the line in, in the most important day we have as well. So fantastic. Yeah, I mean, from, from nine to three, I mean, all joking apart, absolutely stunning fight back that, as you say, summarises the season in so many ways. Yeah, and you know what? It's, today it's another guy, Bash, who's not got many runs this season, but batting down the order, but 40 phenomenal runs. Aaron, 20. Phenomenal. Like There's, all, there's guys all through our team with talent and ability, so it's fantastic to see them doing it. Well, enjoy the celebrations. I, I, think I will, it. I will. <laughs> the Colin, fantastic end to a, a stunning season that you've led from start to finish, but what are, you, what are your thoughts? Do you know, going into this game, there's a lot of talk about who wasn't here in both teams. And there's no doubt that on paper, um, Fergusley probably felt being at home great. Always, always a buoyant crowd here. They were noses in front. But uh, we've talked about this and the group have talked about this. This team knows how to find a way to win the games, even when everyone is thinking, you know, it's time to, to pack up and get out. And... They, they, they've done it again. They've shown incredible resilience for, you know, for amateur club cricketers to show the, the metal and the determination to just find a way to win the game. Um, they, they, they deserve the success today. And you know, I've seen a lot of tight wins in club cricket and I've, I've won, won things with the club. But the, this, this is the best I've seen. Not necessarily the best cricket you know, or the best league, but getting across the line under intense pressure um, everyone believing and backing themselves. This is what a team is, and uh, they deserve great credit. It's been a, a real feature seeing the amount of people that have put their hand up, different people through the season, and also another feature of that's been your youngsters uh, too, who have who've made such a contribution through the season. Yeah, and and you know we win the games from strange places. Um, we don't have a team of superstars, but we'll recover at six down. Your last week, 85 for five, ended up with 250. Um, lots of kids have come in. You know, Ibrahim Faisal being in at the end there, coming in, being asked to do a, you know, a seam-up job, filling Richie Benton's boots with the ball, and then, you know, getting that crucial run to get the tie. The, the tie won the league, and then the next scoring shot, you know, won today's game to finish off a brilliant record for these guys. They've done so well. I'm really proud. Oh, worthy champions. Congratulations. Cheers, again. mate. Thanks very much. It was one of those games that, as Paddy said when he accepted the trophy, no one deserved to lose. Fergusley were magnificent. They gave it absolutely everything. And although it won't be much consolation at the moment, they can be really proud of what they've achieved this season. Elsewhere, 
Pollock bid farewell to the Western Premier after an 88-run defeat to Langside, although their relegation had already been confirmed by the WDCU's decision to award Dumfries the points from their abandoned game with Greenock. Dumfries lost to Presswick, who cemented their third-placed finish with a four-wicket win, Majid Hack taking four for nine. Outgoing champions Uddingston finished fourth after a 113-run win over sixth place west of Scotland, while Stirling County, who finished fifth, saw their game at Greenock abandoned because of rain. It's been a brilliant season all round. I have loved watching it, but that finale is something I will remember for a long, long time to come. Yeah, I can imagine that, Jake. An absolutely incredible weekend. Congratulations to Kelburn too, who secured their promotion from the First Division to join Ayr in the Western Premier next season. Paisley Derby to look forward to again. I cannot wait to cover that one. But that's it from us for this season. Thanks so much, Gary, for all your contributions over the last few weeks with pen and microphone. It has been such a pleasure to work alongside you. A pleasure to have covered the season with yourself and Rosie Jake. And then just as a final aside, it was great to see the men's under-19s team start their World Cup qualifiers on Monday with an eight-wicket win over Jersey in Spain. We'll keep a close eye on how they get on in the next few days. Oh, most definitely. The cricket rolls on. Best of luck to the under-19s. And roll on next season. But Rose and I will still be back over the close season with more news and interviews from time to time and look out for the coverage of the T20 World Cup across all of Cricket Scotland's platforms. But until then, thanks so much again for listening. From Gary, Rosie and me, goodbye.